and you might not. And and so they, for a while, they were saying, oh, you know, no, there was no. We we've dug down and and we found something completely different. There's no evidence of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then later they like went to the next layer and went, oh, look, there it is. You know, <laughs> they actually found rocks that were look like. Smaller burning rocks broke them. Yeah, and because the description of it is just horrific. Yeah. I mean, you know, like fire rain. It's very Exodus precursor, you know. I think it's messed up how they are. They find all of this stuff, all this tangible evidence, but yet they don't bring it out on a mass scale. Yeah, yeah. They so, almost found, they found so much. I know. And yeah. yet they're like, not mm-hmm. telling you about it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want you to know. Have you seen We're in the wrong yeah. time frame. So uh-huh. that can't be it, even though the evidence is right there. Uh-huh. The wrong yeah. time frame. We had yeah. just watched that documentary pattern of evidence, but that's with everything. Like, so much stuff that they find, they just don't tell you about it. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it this year? Yeah. Um, patterns yeah. of evidence. It's on Netflix. Oh, you love it. YouTube? Yeah, you would love it. Okay. Uh, on YouTube or Netflix? Netflix. Okay, so, yeah, it's on yeah. Netflix. But it might be on YouTube. Who knows? There's lots of stuff on there. I got Netflix. Are we going to go through that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll go ahead and jump into Job. And Job 13, um, we're just loving. I love Job. You guys know that. I love Job. And, and you know, his so his friends sat there for seven days and said nothing. And then he thought, okay, I'm... Finally felt safe enough to cry out and, and express his grief. And then his friend's like, oh, I can't stop myself from correcting you on this. You know, let me let me tell you what it's like and, and corrected his, you know, felt the need to have a theological debate with poor Job while he's sitting there on the trash heap. And and so they've been kind of going back and forth. And, and Job is just really ticked at this point. And, and it's, it's, well, and it's on this clothes because it's on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if Lisa wants to reach over every so often and just kind of flick it that way. Um, so Job's talking about this again, and he says, Behold, my eye has seen all this. My ear has heard and understood it. What you know, I know also. I am not inferior to you. So he's saying, you know, okay, and there's probably an element of, because of things they said prior to that, you know, yeah, I'm the one who told you all these things, you know, and I, I, I'm not, I know as much as you do. Let's, let's, let's stop lecturing me. He says, surely I would speak to the almighty. I desire to reason with God, but you are forgers of lies. You are all physicians of no value. Oh, that you would be completely silent. I think we all have people in our life we wanted to say that. <laughs> Just stop talking because you're not helping. He says, then you would be wise. Okay? If you would stop talking, you would show yourself to have wisdom. <laughs> Hear now my reasoning. Listen to the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak unrighteously for God and talk deceitfully for him? Will you show partiality to him? Will you contend for God? Is it good that he should seek, should search you out? Okay, that's a pretty, you know. So so you're you're so sure that that your doctrine's spot on here. Maybe God should shine a spotlight on you. How do you, you know, you want to be trying to search into the corners of my doctrine. 
Yeah. How would you feel if God shone that light on you? Right. He says, or as one, or as one deceives a man, will you deceive him? You know, you think you can hide the things. You think you can hide your things from God. Like you're, you've hidden your things better from God. That must be what it is. That's why this isn't happening to you. You're a better liar. You tricked God. I'm so busy watching me. Yeah. He says, he will surely reprove you if you secretly show partiality. Shall not his majesty make you afraid and his dread fall on you? Your memorable sayings are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. Be silent. Leave me alone that I may speak. Let come on me what will. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hand? Behold, he will kill me. I have no hope. Nevertheless, I will maintain my ways before him. This also shall be my salvation, that a godless man shall not come before him. So, I'm not going to listen to you over him. What do I do? Stop doing everything I know he's told me to do, even though this is happening to me. Well, that was that, that'd be the end of me. So if this is what's happening to me, I'm still going to do what he said to do. Hear diligently my speech. Let my declaration be in your ears. See now I have set my cause in order. I know that I am righteous. Who is he who will contend with me? For then would I hold my peace and give up the spirit. Only don't do two things to me. Then I will not hide myself from your face. Withdraw your hand far from me, and don't let your terror make me afraid. So he's saying, don't do two things. Don't withdraw your hand far from me, and don't let your terror make me afraid. So stay close, but don't let me be too scared by that. Which is a very wise, very wise, you know, I want to be so close to you, God. Don't leave. But, but I'm terrified and, and let, you know, keep me okay. He says, then call and I will answer or let me speak and you answer me. How many are my iniquities and sins? Make me know my disobedience and my sin. So he's asking God. It's not like he, he's saying, I'm not trying to hide anything. God, show me. What did I do? If I did something, I don't know, but tell me and I'll stop. Why hide you your face and hold me for your enemy? Will you harass a driven leaf? Will you pursue the dry stubble? For you write bitter things against me and make me inherit the iniquities of my youth. So this is the idea of the, the court orders. You know, you, I, I, yeah, okay, I haven't always been righteous. I did horrible things, but I thought I, I thought we were good. I thought I had taken care of that. And now you're coming back and holding it against me. I don't understand. Because you also put my feet in the stocks and mark all my paths. You set a bound to the soles of my feet, though I am decaying like a rotten thing, like a garment that is moth-eaten. Man who is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. He grows up like a flower and is cut down. He also flees like a shadow and doesn't continue. 
Do you open your eyes on such a one and bring me into judgment with you? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed his bounds that he can't pass. Look away from him that he may rest until he shall accomplish as a hireling his day. For there is hope for a tree, if it is cut down, that it will sprout again, but the tender branch of it will not cease. Though its root grows old in the earth and its stalk dies in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and sprout boughs like a plant. But man dies and is laid low. Yes, man gives up the spirit, and where is he? As the waters fail from the sea and the river wastes and dries up, so man lies down and doesn't rise. Until the heavens are no more, they shall not awake nor be roused out of their sleep. Oh, that you would hide me in Sheol, that you would keep me secret until your wrath is past, that you would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my warfare would I wait until my release should come. You would call and I would answer you. You would have a desire to the work of your hands, but now you count my steps. Don't you watch over my sin? My disobedience is sealed up in a bag. You fashion it up, or you fasten up my iniquity. But the mountain falling comes to nothing. The rock is removed out of its place. The waters wear the stones. The torrents of it wash away the dust of the earth. So you destroy the hope of man. You forever prevail against him, and he departs. You change his face and send him away. His sons come to honor, and he doesn't know it. They are brought low, but he doesn't perceive it of them. But his flesh on him has pain, and his soul within him mourns. What um, I'm reading from the World Messianic Bible. Which is, there's a world Bible, and then there's a world messianic Bible, and they are um, uh, free copyright. Oh. So groups of pastors got together and, and did them because all of the other published um, Bibles have copyright restrictions on how much you can quote of them and how, how you can use them now. Yeah. So. Um, I have a question right here. Yeah. In verse 14, well, pray for my eyes, too, because they're going back to fuzzy. Okay. Um, That's not good. No. I wish you would hide me in Sheol. Yeah, Sheol. Is that, is that hell? The grave. Oh, no, the it's grave. not. Yeah, it's not hell. There's, there's no Hebraic concept of hell the way that the Christian hell has developed. The Christian hell is much more Greco-Roman Hades. Um, Sheol is just the grave. Okay. So, so he's, you know, could you just... Could you just let me die? Because just put even, me in the grave. Was he even aware that the... I mean, because we, we're looking back, mm -hmm. and this is one of the oldest books. Was he even aware that Satan existed? Um, probably... Well, I don't know. Probably not. The idea, though, is that Abraham was the one who taught him what he knew. Okay. That he was a... That when, that when Abraham was in Canaan... That he he and Job were friends, and he had shared his faith with Job, and Job had become a believer. He was he was a he had whether he converted or whether he would be a God fearer, but that his doctrine had all come from Abraham. And so yeah, yeah, 
And so there, there probably would have been an understanding of the accuser, because that's who Hasetan is. It means the accuser. And so, you know, and you can kind of see as he's saying, you, you know, whoever's accused, you know, whatever I've been accused of. Um, can you ask him to take that? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, no. What? Okay. Uh, okay. Is it about this? Then it needs to wait. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's saying basically he's saying, could you just, could you just let me die? Just put me in the grave already. You know why? Why do I have to, like, why do I have to live like this? Yeah, I'd rather be dead than live like this. And and he's saying, you know, if you've turned your face against me. Just let me go. I don't want to live if you've turned your face against me. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live without you. Show me what to do to fix this. I don't know what I did. So, so that, and it's not like a pity party. It's truly because when his friends come at him with the blame, he's like, you back up. I did not do anything. You tell me, you know, just confess. If I knew, I'd confess it. Right. Me right. If I and if I've done anything, I don't know about it. So, so yeah, he's saying that you would keep me that you would keep me secret until your wrath is past. That you would appoint me a set time and remember. So, set a time. Remember me then when you're not angry anymore. <laughs> and, and bring me back at judgment. I don't know. Maybe you'll fill me in then. But then I won't have to live like this in the meantime. Yeah. You know, and and I think that there is. Having gone through, I mean, obviously not having gone through what Job went through, but having gone through those dark seasons, I know I was very aware of how hard I was holding on to God. Mm-hmm. And and almost with this, like, almost, I don't care if you're trying to shake me off. <laughs> I can't imagine what I'd do without you. So if I have to go through this to hang on to you, I guess I'm going through this. And and yet there's this constant, you know, he does everything that his friends say out loud, you know, has to have gone through his mind. Mm-hmm. Which is part of why it's so horrible that they're doing it, because you know, I'm sure, yeah, duh, you know, if I could do this and make it easy, to, but that wouldn't be easy. You know, there's this, like his wife says, just renounce God and let him kill you and you'll, you know, it'll be better. And, and so he refuses and she leaves him. I'm not going to sit here with you while you're on the trash heap. I'm out of here. I didn't sign up for this, you know. And he's like, okay, wow. now I'm alone on a trash heap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then his friends come, and he's like, I'm not alone on a trash heap. And then they start talking. He's like, I wish I were alone on a trash heap. You know? <laughs> yeah. It makes you think, why didn't his wife marry him in the first place? Like, she really liked the idea of a godly man, but she didn't. Or she married him before he became a godly man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and she maybe didn't she like the idea of a, and you know, but I mean, she's probably fine with it when yeah. he was rich. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, well, if he wants to believe in his God, and his God wants to make us rich, whatever. Everybody and everybody can't deal with people when they go through a lot of stress, especially yeah. as a man, and when they think the man's supposed to be strong, and then he's comfortable doing it. Everybody can't deal with that. Well, and it's interesting. It's interesting because. Um, I used to look at the traditional marriage vows with the, you know, in richer and poorer and sickness and health. And, and I think, oh, the good and the bad. And then the more marriages that I saw and the longer I was married, I realized 
it's not the good and the bad. Some marriages survive the poor and fall apart with the rich. Some marriages survive the sick, and they can't handle the person getting healthy and not needing them. So, I mean, it's it's all, it's just, it's just different circumstances of life. And, and having a commitment to hold fast to God and hold fast to the other person and, and work it out. And if both people are willing to work it out, you can do that. If they're not, sometimes you can't. You know, it's, it all depends on what the choices they make. And, and that's one of the scary things about marriage. It's very vulnerable to have your life directly impacted by the choices someone else makes. And, and you, know, you don't truly know what kind of choice they'll make until, until they're, they're in that situation, yeah. right? And then you're like, oh, even wow. if they told you what choice they would make, because when they're really in it, then they're like, I ain't making that choice. <laughs> yeah, oh, because people make people make false promises all the time. Oh yeah, oh, even if they think they're, they might even be sincere. Right. And I'll do that. Yeah, I could be genuinely. Sincere. Yeah, but of like, course my, I'll do like, that. That's what Chris always tells me. He's like, you could say what you'll do. But until it actually yeah. happens, mm-hmm. and you have to do it, and you have to do it. Then that's when we'll truly see the decision that you make. Right. And that's, that's even within and ourselves. We know mm-hmm. the do so. It's why that is why you know as we've been talking about judgment and through all of that and not showing mercy and that is why the people very often the people who are the most adamant against pick your sin. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it's one of their family members or them, and, and suddenly they're like, yeah. well, I, I, you know, this is a complicated issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know now. It's my kid. So now I've kind of got some different opinions coming out here. And, you know, it's, it's uh, someone had said at Palcom when we were talking about, um, you know, homosexuality and the church's response to it. And one of the people speaking, um, had, he said, in, especially in the holiness uh, communities, he says we try to walk that fine line between between um, law and grace, and very often people want a whole lot more law for others. Right. And then when it's about them, they're like, "Hey, where's the grace?" You know. <laughs> so. And also, they were saying like, we know like in. In, the, in America, we have freedom to read the Bible and say that we're not being that persecuted. But as we see more and more, we're being, we're being more persecuted. Right. And, um, I don't see. Sometimes I think that what the world is coming against is the places where we haven't maybe been a good witness and we haven't done right. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times when I hear people say, oh, we're being persecuted for this, I look at the situation and I go, well, if you'd stop, being, stop doing that jerky thing that they're yelling about, they wouldn't be saying anything. Mm-hmm. And that thing is jerky. Stop it. That's not in the Bible. Why are you doing that? And, and I feel like we're at a very interesting time in history where we have opportunities that have never been available to people before Mm -hmm. and the ability to share God and share understanding of him and take him to groups of people we might like who might never have come in contact with us at other times you know whether it's because they live in another country and we know them online or whether it's because um you know 
some, some community online thrust us together and now we've gotten to know each other. And, and the very often, one of the things that, that a lot of my friends have said, um, and I was sharing this a little last week is that, that they, they, they're willing to listen to me talk and share about things that I believe because I listen when they talk. And very often what people are yelling about or saying, you know, oh, you need to shut, is the talking and not listening. And wanting to prove your point without, and you can't ever, you can't talk and prove your point to someone who doesn't feel you, that you've heard them. Because they don't feel like you're talking to them, you're talking at them. And so I do think that I do think that we are moving into times where we will be restricted and and persecuted in more intense and different ways. But I think right now we're in a place where that's not really in our country. It's not happening yet. But I think that. Um, I think that if if we could stop when someone is saying, oh, you know, and, and that point where we feel, oh, we're being persecuted, if we could stop and look at the situation and figure out why are they reacting this way and maybe change our tone, our approach, our words, or maybe stop and listen, then then we can, then we, it, it then it, it undoes it. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I, I always say there's a difference between being persecuted for Christ and being persecuted because you're a big obnoxious blowhole. Mm -hmm. But, like we were saying, like with the marriage, as far as like when something happens and like until it really happens, you don't know what the other person's going to do. Right. But that's um, like, if we don't stay in the word and, and get the word in us, like if when time does come, a lot of people, when they're faced with, are you a Christian or not? Like those 10 people that got shot and the guy like, are you a Christian? And he shot all of them and they say yes. First of all, it's just like that movie where the vampire comes up to the guy and the guy puts the cross up and the vampire can say, you don't believe that because, because it's fake. Right. Because the enemy knows whether you believe. Like you said, the mark is on right. us. Right. And when the push comes to shove, to me, what I, what I believe is that we have to be willing to die for, for the word, for Jesus, for Yeshua. But if you're just saying that you're a Christian, you're just seating, sitting in a, you know, just warming up a right. pew, that you're not really, right. you know, because the term Christian, it really doesn't. Well, really and that's what the church is being persecuted for. Yeah. It's, well, you say you love people, and we don't see you doing anything. So you're you just Christian, love or I'm just a Christian fan. That's yeah. What I'm saying. No, I'm Jewish. Like, he is mine. Like, right. Well, and I posted on, like I posted on Facebook. Anytime people are saying, "Where's God in this?" Mm -hmm. I turn it around and go, "Where are God's people in this?" <laughs> if his people were there, people would see him. Yeah. You know. It's, it's like, what would you say to that person? Because they're not gonna. I mean, that's my say. Are you a person? You'll have a confused. Oh. Define Christian. I know. <laughs> 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 well, well, say that. Supposedly, he, supposedly he was you asking say, them. Like Laura said, I'm Yeshua. Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking yeah. about Yeshua? Okay. Well, and I'll also be honest. I don't think any of us owe any information to a crazy man with a gun. No. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to say whatever's going to get me home to my kids that night. It's... <laughs> I just and and God knows my heart and and 
you know, my mom always said, she goes, you don't have to lie, but you can answer the question that they're not asking yeah, or that so. they're asking, not the question that they sound like they're asking, mm-hmm. you know. And, and apparently he was at people who knew him had said he was probably asking that because he knew if they were Christians that they would be going to heaven and he wouldn't be damning them. Mm-hmm. That, that was how he Definitely. was thinking of it. So I, you know, really, yeah. going to help him out. Yeah, he's like, well, if I'm going to kill people, it's going to be people I know where they're going. That is crazy. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, I, I don't know anything to a crazy man with a gun. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'd be I, under I, there praying, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me. Are you? Are you? <laughs> Let me tell you about Yashua. Yeah. Come on, yeah, clearly you don't, so let's talk. You know? I'm going to teach you something before I go. Amen. Start quoting some scripture. Well, there was that one woman that did that, that she was held up, and the guy came into the school, and she talked him out of it, and she talked yeah. about God, and he came out, she brought him out unharmed, nobody got hurt, yeah. and he put the gun down, and she went, she went in court with them, yeah, and she led him to Jesus. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, well, where's God in that? Yeah. Right there, right. the whole time, right there. Well, when the when all the hurricanes hit Haiti several years ago, it was the next morning or the next afternoon. I guess it was really amazing. We were at a, at the uh, church um, annual conference, uh, like the board meetings and everything, and um, it had where it happened was like one of the only buildings left standing was the Church of the Nazarene in Haiti. Wow. And the people people were flocking there to be safe in the building and the the people who were there were the ones out pulling people out of from under buildings and and saving them. And they they sent an audio of their praise and worship that morning. Um, and, and we were, they played it for us at the conference and we were sobbing because it was just in the midst of all of the news reports coming in about the casualties and the tragedies and how destroyed everything was there, there were like a thousand people praising God because when it was happening or after like, like right, like during and right after, like, you know, cause it hit and everything happened. And, and so people were running there because it was one of the only buildings still standing. And then they were going out and pulling people out of, from under buildings. And so many people got saved because that, that's when people get saved. When something goes bad and God's people are there doing the right thing God tells them to do, people get saved because they experience the love. They see the mercy. They, they feel the grace. They, they feel safe and they understand that he is God in the midst of the storm. And so if you can't see God in a situation, you got to ask why aren't his people bringing him there? And because he's there, but it's like, you know, if you've got glasses that aren't able to see him because that's not your understanding or your faith, you're not seeing, you're not seeing it. But when people come and, and they're doing things that you can't deny and they're, they're loving you and caring for you, then you go, oh, this is real. I see and experience this love. And they're saying the only reason they're doing this is because of God and, and, that resonates with me and it's authentic and and this is this is how god's love looks mm-hmm. and then those become people who then take can take god's love to other people in a tangible way but when you know when you're 
when you're preaching it from your laptop, sitting in your comfy house and yelling at all the people doing the sins you're not doing, you know, and that's why Job is like, oh, really, should God shine his light on you and do some examining? You think your stuff is better hidden? Is that, is that the thing? You know, you can speak so boldly about God because you're so tight with him. You know, you're, you're, you're sure about this. Let's hold you up to the standard you're setting. So you get to Job 15, and, and this, this is actually the last one. I, for some reason, did not get Job 16 copied over. Oh. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> but he says, then apparently we're supposed to stop here. So then Eliphaz the Timonite answered. It's like, oh, thanks, Eliphaz. Why don't you talk again? He says, should a wise man answer with vain knowledge and fill himself with the east wind? Should he reason with unprofitable talk or with speeches with which he can do no good? Yes, you do away with fear and hinder devotion before God. For your iniquity teaches your mouth, mm-hmm. and you choose the language of the crafty. It's like, well, you are an obstacle to God for me. You are blocked. I can't, you know, you say God takes care of his children, punishes the wicked. You're clearly being punished, but you claim to not be wicked. Well, now I just don't understand anything. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, I just, I can't see it. You are your own obstacle. You're, you're blocking me from God. Your iniquity teaches your mouth, and you choose the language of the crafty. Your own mouth condemns you, and not I. Yes, your own lips testify against you. Are you the first man who was born, or were you brought out before the hills? Have you heard the secret counsel of God? Do you limit wisdom to yourself? What do you know that we don't know? What do you understand which is not in us? With us are both the gray-headed and the very aged men, much elder than your father. So we've got some old-timers on our hand. They've seen more. They see more than you. They see more than your father. Are the consolations of God too small for you, even the word that is gentle toward you? You know, we were just, we were trying to give you a message of God's love and, and conviction, and apparently that's, That's too much for you. You can't hear it. You just can't hear God's correction. You have an unteachable spirit. Why does your heart carry you away? Why do your eyes flash that you turn your spirit against God and let such words go out of your mouth? What is man that he should be clean? Because he was saying, does unclean come out of clean? And he's like, oh, so you're a human, but you claim to be clean? Really? What is he who is born of a woman that he should be righteous? Behold, he puts no trust in his holy ones. Yes, the heavens are not clean in his sight. How much less one who is abominable and corrupt, a man who drinks iniquity like water. I will show you, listen to me, that which I have seen I will declare, which wise men have told by their fathers and have not hidden it, to whom alone the land was given, and no stranger passed among them. The wicked man rise in pain all his days, even the number of years that are laid up for the oppressor. A sound of terrors is in his ears. In pr- prosperity, the destroyer shall come on him. He doesn't believe that he shall return out of darkness. He is waited for by the sword. He wanders abroad for bread, saying, Where is it? He knows that the day of darkness is ready at his hand. Distress and anguish make him afraid. They prevail against him as a king ready to the battle. Because he has stretched out his hand against God and behaves himself proudly against the Almighty, he runs at him with a stiff neck, with the thick shields of his bucklers. 
Because he has covered his face with his fatness and gathered fat on his thighs, he has lived in desolate cities and houses which no one inhabited, which were ready to become heaps. He shall not be rich, neither shall his substance continue, neither shall their possessions be extended on the earth. He shall not depart out of darkness. The flame shall dry up his branches. And the idea of his branches being his children, because the children, your tree that's coming out of you. The flame, uh, the flame shall dry up his branches. By the breath of God's mouth shall he go away. Let him not trust in emptiness, deceiving himself, for emptiness shall be his reward. It shall be accomplished before his time. His branch shall not be green. He shall shake off his unripe grape as the vine and shall cast off his flower as the olive tree. For the company of the godless shall be barren and fire shall consume the tents of bribery. They conceive mischief and produce iniquity. Their heart prepares deceit. So he's saying, well, let me tell you this. The wicked get what you're getting. The wicked, not the righteous. You're getting it. You're wicked. Accept it. <laughs> yeah, Eliphaz. Like, thanks, Eliphaz. Yeah. yeah. Well, what what I what I really love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and a matter of it doesn't really matter. God pours out rain on the just and the unjust. Sometimes the righteous suffer, and sometimes the unjust suffer, and sometimes it's a direct consequence of your sin, and sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's a consequence of someone else's sin. You know, yeah. Or, I mean, if the, the crazy guy who shot the people, they suffered because he's crazy. Yeah. Right. They didn't suffer because they're righteous. They didn't suffer because they're unrighteous. They suffered because he's crazy. Yeah. That's the reason. And so, you know, but he's... You know, he's coming back. He's like, oh, you're a stumbling block to truth. You're, you're, you talk back. You're all crafty. You've got all these arguments, all these justifications for why you're really righteous before God. And, and you know, this is, you don't deserve any of this. Well, you're making, you're, you, you know, you're, confu- you're trying to confuse me. And I just can't even understand what you're saying. Put it plainly, the wicked get what you're getting. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, it's like, I just, clearly you can't handle it, but I feel like I need to speak the truth. <laughs> My favorite, in a sarcastic way, is when someone's going through trials and someone quotes the Bible at them, mm-hmm. and you go and look, and it's literally a quote from one of these. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen it happen. I have seen it where people will go, well, I know the Bible says this. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure. And I go, where was that? And they're like, well, I don't know, but I know it's, I know it's from the Bible because I know, I know that's where I copied it. And I'll go look for it. And I'm like, oh, Job's friends said that. You know, the friends that God came back later and said, yeah, you know God nothing? Maybe you shouldn't quote that at people and say the Bible teaches that. The Bible doesn't teach. The Bible says that. It doesn't teach that. It teaches the opposite of that. 
And they're like, oh, well, I just, I, and then it's like, oh, I, I just knew it was from the Bible, you know? Oh, they heard from our house. know where it is. Well, no, it's probably somebody told them yeah. when they were in need. And so they felt convicted to suck it up and get themselves together. And fine, I'll get. Yeah. And I go, oh, stop quoting things you don't understand. That's Check your reference. I know. Did you read the story? Don't you know Delilah? I take care of Yeah, and I was like, She used to go to my church at one time, and she used to name her baby Delilah. Oh, my friend, why? my friend met someone at the park, and they were calling their little boy Levi, and, and she said, "Oh, I love the name Levi. I thought about using that for my last child." And you know, why? Why did was that a family name? Why did you use that? She goes, "Oh, I wanted to name them after something in the Bible. So his his real name, I named him Leviticus, but we call him Levi." And she goes, "Did you not know that?" Leviticus is just the book about Levi and his family. <laughs> she goes, I did not know that. <laughs> I'm like, if you're naming your kid after something, read it. Really read it. Understand it. Come That's on. That's why her mama got her name out yep. of Yep. And then spelled it wrong. Spelled wrong. That's right. That's right. So I'm going to bless you, and then we can get picked up, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen. And we need